Hello everyone, I am Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 230 of Weekly Poker Hand. And for the next few episodes, we're gonna be going through hands from a 5-5-10, no limit, hold'em cash hand that took place at Stone's Gambling Hall. Now, I have not watched these hands ahead of time, but I have been told that they are good. So, it's almost like we're gonna be playing them in real time. So, let's get to it. It looks like action folds around to Porter and the cutoff who has $1,700 and he decides to limp with King Jack offsuit. Now, assuming the graphics are correct, I would definitely open raise from the cutoff or the button pretty much every time they fold to me because you want to build the pots when you are in position. Now the cutoff does have to worry about the button having position on him. However, when you raise, often the button's just going to fold. So. You definitely want to raise when you have a sizable advantage, and King Jack is a fine hand. So definitely raise King Jack offsuit. Now RC limps on the button with 6-5 offsuit. This is an interesting situation because 6-5 is pretty bad, and you can expect one of the blinds, there are three blinds in this game, remember it's 5-5-10, five, five, so three blinds. One of the blinds is going to raise some portion of the time when they just get good cards, right? And that's usually gonna make you fold. He is playing pretty deep. Um, it is worth mentioning, just looking at the stack sizes remaining, everyone has 1,700 minimum, um, and the most is, the largest effective stack is 2,800, so 280 big blinds. So there may be some merit in playing almost anything on the button if it has any potential whatsoever, but 6-5 offsuit's pretty bad because it usually makes bad straights, which are sometimes dominated, and bad pairs, which when you make two pair, even if your opponent has an over pair, it's not like you're loving it. So... I would just fold the 6-5 offsuit. I don't think you need to play this hand. Now, small blind with king-queen offsuit elects to call as well. I would strongly consider raising that for value. Hey, his name is JL. My name's JL. Um, <laughs> I would probably raise king-queen for value. Big blind with king-9 su suited, well, the middle blind with king-9 suited, should also consider raising. So interesting enough, everyone's just limping. Limp, 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 limp. These are all hands that are going to be in great shape against a typical limping range. Now, we see King-9 suit is actually pretty far behind, but if he makes it $70 here, he's going to pick it up a ton of the time, or maybe he gets one caller and then he sees a flop and he is going to be fine with King-9 suited. So I think King-Queen and King-9 suited from the small blind and the middle blind both should raise. Now it's back around to the third blind, the big blind, with 9-2 offsuit. Just check. 9-2 offsuit's garbage. All right, flop comes. Ace, Jack, 10, hello. JL in the small blind has to go first, and he pretty much instantly checks. He flopped a straight. 10 Jack, King, Queen, Ace. And when the pot is limped, I think you want to go ahead and lead. It's not exactly a lead because there was no aggressor on the previous street, which is very important. If there was a pre-flop raiser, you definitely want to check looking to check raise, because when people raise pre-flop, they typically have big cards, right? And well, ace-jack-10 has lots of big cards, so you can expect the pre-flop raiser to bet this flop very, very often. However, since it is the limp pot, you can't expect that so often. If someone's sitting in your pocket fours, they're not gonna bet when you check to them, or if they have nine-six suited, they're not gonna bet, right? So the only way you're really gonna get money in the pot easily in this scenario is to just bet the flop and bet something pretty large, like $40. You are trying to just go bet, bet, bet against an ace or two pair or whatever and just get maximum value that way. But he checks and, you know, checking is reasonable because you're really not concerned with any turn cards coming off. I mean, 
you'd think most people would raise preflop with ace-jack or ace-10 or aces or jacks or tens. So the only hand you're really concerned with is jack-10 making a boat on the turn, but that's very negligible. So the fact that JL with his king-queen is in great shape is certainly a reason to check. And if you do check, you're definitely check-raising. King-9 suited checks, 9-2 checks. King-jack offsuit elects to check, and I, I like the check with king-jack offsuit. Kind of like how king-queen isn't really worried about any turn cards, neither is king-jack. If an ace comes, that's fine. You're losing to the ace anyway. If a king comes, well, yeah, now you're probably going to lose to the random queen. But um, if another jack comes, that's great. If a um, queen comes, you have a straight. So this is a fine spot to check. You're not really concerned with being outdrawn. And no one else has anything here, so they're all just going to check. Very, very passive game. Sometimes you do see that take place in, um, you know, even 5-5-10, which is pretty big. A lot of people say, like, oh, man, I can't... I can't imagine how tough a 5-5-10 game is because that's big stakes. I mean, people are playing for $2,000. That's like, that's real money. And I can already tell you, this game's probably pretty good. All right, turns of five of hearts. So now, fake lies, that's the player in the middle blind. He has a flush draw and a gut shot now. So on the turn, JL checks again with the straight. So when the flop checks through, I would definitely not check again. You have no real reason to think anyone's going to bet the turn when the flop checks through because most people would just bet out with an ace if they had it here because the pot was limped. So there's no reason to think anyone has an ace in this scenario. If someone does have a jack or a 10, they can certainly call a turn bet now, especially if you, you know, I was gonna say not bet too big, but even if you bet $40, a lot of people when they're playing $2,000 deep don't view a $40 bet as big. Anyway, he decides to check again. Now, fake lies with his draw is going to bet. Pot's 50 bucks. I would just bet 40 or 50 here. I think that's fine. You could also check, but I think very multi-way, you probably do want to go ahead and throw out a bet and then be prepared to bet again on the river. Because here, like I just said, probably no one has an ace. So if no one has an ace, then if you bet the turn and then blast the river, you're going to get your opponents to fold almost their whole range. There's no reason to think the random five helped anyone as well. Like no one's sitting here at 10-5, right? Unless it's the big blind. Well, the third blind. So I like a bet with the idea that I'm going to keep blasting on the river. And if you get a flush, you, of course, bet as well. So let's say how much he bet. Looks like he did bet about 40 bucks, which I think is nice. Waiting for the graphics to catch up. If you're not watching this on JonathanLittlePoker.com, by the way, definitely watch these. I mean, you can certainly pick up tells. Like right here, fake lies is being calm, cool, collected, jovial. And that is relevant. So he did bet $50, so he potted it, which is fine. Then it gets around to Porter in the cut off with the king jack so again the board is ace jack 10 5 king jack now has middle pair and a gut shots <sighs> i'm not going to say you should necessarily fold this but folding is probably pretty reasonable it's very important to realize that when you do see a flop incredibly multi-way as we have here someone is going to have a good hand almost always and if it's not you well it's probably them and it turns out porter's just completely in well effectively in third place here because he has almost no equity the, the flush draw has 20% and the king-queen has all of it. So should the king-jack fold? Man, it's close. The thing is, is that if your opponents are value betting something like king-10 or queen-10 here, then yeah, you definitely need to call. But I don't think most people are betting those hands, and they definitely should not be betting those hands. So if your opponents are reasonable, you should probably find the muck with this king-jack. But if this pot was heads up, let's say, you raise and then big blind called and the flop goes check-check and they bet the turn, you definitely call the king-jack. But because we are against so many players, someone's going to have an ace here a decent amount of the time, and you should probably just fold. 
when you're facing the pot size bet. If you were facing a smaller bet, like $20, you should definitely call. Now it gets back to JL in the small blind and he decides to spring his trap and he check raises to 250 bucks, which is a pot size raise, I think. It was 50. So yeah, a pot size check raise. The problem with this is this looks really, 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 really strong. Like what is JL doing this with? Now, JL looks like a reasonable human to me, and you know, I have no reads on these players. Like I said, I've not seen this hand, I don't know how it goes down. But when you check raise turn, you're gonna have a really hard time getting paid. Like imagine you are in fake lies shoes here with ace nine. You bet that you check the flop, which is reasonable on the turn, you bet just straight up for value slash protection, and then you get check raise to 250, you're just folding, right? So now notice JL is really only getting significant action if he's against a good draw, which fake lies has, and he may even fold the good draw. Um or he's going to be against a very strong made hand that would have paid him if he just went bet, bet, bet for three big bet sizes. So by check raising here, he allows his opponents to get off the hook with all of their marginal made hands. And that's not good. You want to get called by ace six for three streets of value. And if your opponent does happen to get two pair or makes a set or something like that, you want to make sure you're getting full value. And um, check raising here is really going to sound the alarm bells because... Ask yourself, whenever you're playing cash games, do you really think you're getting check-raised that often on the turn? I know you fear getting check-raised on the turn, but really, you're just not getting check-raised on the turn that often. So, now back around to fake lies with king-9 suited. I think you have to call here. You're really just never in god-awful shape. So, I, th I think you need to call. I mean, obviously, if your opponent has ace something of harsh, you're in very bad shape. But that's not going to happen too often. So, I think think you need to call 200 in position. If you get the heart, it's the backdoor draw. It's very important. When you have backdoor draws, people are not going to think, they're not going to assume you have that draw nearly as often as a front door draw. Front door draw means there's two hearts on the flop. Here, the second heart came on the turn, right? So that's going to make you way more likely to get paid in general. However, whenever the flop does check through, realize the backdoor draw is just as live as the front door draw, if not more so, because a lot of people would bet with their um, front door flush draws on the flop. So uh, you definitely still need to be concerned with it. Anyway, I think I would probably call here. So he has to put 200 into a pot that's going to be 600. So in theory, he needs to win 33% of the time. However, he definitely has some implied odds. When your opponent check raises you on the turn here, they have a good hand, right? So if they have a good hand, if you get the heart on the river, you're going to get paid something a large chunk of the time. So I like a call. He kind of um, splashes his chips in the pot there. And I think that is likely an error. Um, you need to, you don't want to look dry when you're drawing because then your opponents are going to be somewhat inclined to think, oh, this guy might be drawing. You want to use the same bet movements in most situations, unless you know that a specific bet movement is going to induce your opponent to do one thing or the other. Okay, Rivers and Eight of Hearts. Uh, King Jack folded. Good fold by King Jack. Do not call with King Jack. You're drawing dead. All right, Rivers and Eight of Hearts. Fake Lies gets there. Now, do you value bet the king-queen or do you check? I think you need to value bet this. And that may seem optimistic, but when fake lies calls, assuming you think that his turn call was normal and indicates a regular range, not just a range full of draws, which, you know, if you see him take his chips and do boop, that often means, well, let's just see what happens. Let's see if I get there. Well, eight of hearts gets there for some hands, not all hands, but some hands. So maybe you're supposed to check and maybe even consider folding in this spot, but that would be way too nitty in my opinion. Um, so what you should do instead is value bet. If you bet something like 350 on the river and then fake lies raises you, you can very confidently fold. 
I do know J I do notice JL has the Queen of Hearts in his hand, which makes it a little bit harder for fake lives to have a flush, but certainly he could still have Ace X of Hearts, King X of Hearts, etc. Alright. Anyway. Uh, JL checks, and now fake lies blast it. 800 into 600. So 1.3x pot. He definitely correctly deduced <clears throat> that JL has a hand that he thinks is good. And I definitely think that that is accurate. And in reality, this is like the best hand um, JL can have here. So I, I don't really think he should fold. And the Queen of Hearts is relevant because it does block some heart draws. But... I don't really like the way Fake Lies put his chips in there. He Again, he kind of like whoosh, splashed him in. You can pick up a lot of tells in live poker. And pretty quickly, before I even got through that little spiel, JL folded the king-queen. That seems quite nitty and tight to me. However, it was definitely right. And that is one of the things that you can pick up on in live poker. Because it's not like we're playing online where people all wait five seconds and then bet or wait 10 seconds and then bet. In live poker, people will hem and haw sometimes and then bet. Sometimes they'll confidently put it in. Um, I don't know what Fake Lies said there, but it looked like he said something and looked super relaxed. And when people are relaxed, very often they're not bluffing. I'm not going to say that's the case all the time, but you will find that some people are very relaxed when they're bluffing and very stoic when they are value betting. Or the opposite. They're very relaxed when they're value betting, very stoic when they're bluffing. But if you can correlate that, that will be hugely beneficial to you. Anyway, um... Basing the big bet on the river, because JL has the queen of hearts, or if he had the king of hearts, I think you just have to call because of the blocker effect. However, if you make that read in live poker, folding is certainly reasonable. And JL folded, like, without any thought. Sweet fold. And um, it makes fake lies call particularly bad on the turn because he did not get paid on the river, right? Remember, he needed to get there 33% of the time, and... That, and he's not going to with his flush draw, right? He's going to get there 20% of the time or so. So he ended up not getting paid in a spot where he really needed to get paid and where I assumed he would have gotten paid because JL's range should be quite strong to check raise. So given the 800 bet did not get called, what should he do instead in the future? I think you're usually going to find that when a lot of the draws arrive, you're going to want to bet on the smaller side. Um, in that scenario, pot was 600. Maybe you're supposed to bet 450 or so. I think if you bet 450 after a bit of deliberation, that's going to make JL way more inclined to call. And I understand an 800 bet needs to get called half as often as a 400 bet, because it's twice the size. But there, if JL's folding king-queen, well, in that spot, obviously, a small bet would have been a million times better, because it's going to get called at least some portion of the time, whereas the 800 bet gets called literally never. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Stone's Gambling Hall for letting me use their footage. I'll be back next week with another fun poker hand. Good luck in your games.